Conversations with Leaders is a podcast focused on the intersection of business and technology. In this episode, Tanuja Randeri, Managing Director AWS Europe, Middle East and Africa, is joined by Sanjay Bramawar, Chief Executive of Software AG. Hello, this is Tanuja Randeri, Managing Director Europe, Middle East and Africa for Amazon Web Services. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Leaders. In this series, I have the privilege of speaking with CEOs from across the EMEA region about what it takes to transform business and society, how they are leveraging data and technology to accelerate growth and innovate, and their insights on topics such as sustainability and addressing the digital skills gap. We will also be providing a glimpse into the personalities behind some of our great leaders of industry. I'm extremely excited to be joined today by Sanjay Brahmawar, Chief Executive of Software AG, having been in the position since August 2018. Software AG was founded in 1969, and its technology creates a digital backbone that integrates applications, devices, data, and clouds. Sanjay's prior career has seen him take leading positions at Federal Express, PwC, IBM, where he worked for 17 years, and was included in a number of leadership positions there, including General Manager of Global Revenue for IBM Watson. Sanjay is also a trustee at the Frankfurt School of Finance and Management and a board member at Here Technologies. In 2021, he was ranked as one of the top 25 software CEOs in Europe and is a frequent guest speaker at industry events and conferences. Sanjay earned his bachelor's degree in civil engineering from the Delhi College of Engineering and an MBA in finance and marketing from University of Leeds. He was born in India and has worked and lived in England, Finland, Belgium, Holland, and Germany. Sanjay currently lives in Germany and, of course, is also a very keen cyclist in his spare time. Sanjay, welcome to AWS Conversations with Leaders. We're super excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much, uh, Tanuja. It's, uh, thank you for having me, and it's a pleasure to do this podcast with you. I'm super happy to do this with you today. Could I get us started, Sanjay, about the transformation program that you announced for Software AG? And within that program, you described that people were the key part of that journey. And at the time, I remember you were quoted in Forbes as saying, we need to make people speak up, take risks, not be afraid of failure, and collaborate. How closely do you think this describes your own way of leading, your personality and approach to the various challenges I'm sure you faced in your career? Look, I think, you know, when you think about transformation, people are everything, you know, in a transformation. One can have the best strategy, one can have a great plan, but if you don't have, you know, the buy-in, commitment, energy, passion of the people all pulling in the same direction, you know, kind of understanding what's needed, you know, really committing themselves to deliver it, you don't stand a chance. So that's why, you know, I think people are core. And then when you look at, you know, changing a company, that's a tough task, particularly when you are, you know, 50 year old or bold, whichever way you want to say it, you know, company and with a lot of heritage. So when I joined, you know, I was coming to from a very large company and I barely only worked for large companies like IBM. And so um, I'd never worked in a mid-sized company. And I took the first 60 days just to travel and meet our people and talk to our customers. I literally met half, 2,500 people and about 100 customers. And it was really good to listen and understand from our people what was on their mind. And, and you know, when we built our strategy Helix, 
um, literally everything came from what our talent shared with us, you know, the things that they felt that we needed to do to change. And so my lesson, of course, through that whole, you know, 60 days was you've got to listen, of course, but you've got to be careful that you're not listening to the loudest people in the group. Yes. And so this this whole thing about trying to, you know, really be inclusive and try to pull in those people that are generally, you know, kind of bit shy and quiet, but actually have these golden nuggets that you've got to really pull out and bring. And the other thing was, of course, it's very easy as a new CEO coming in to say, hey, we have to be bold, we have to take risks. But when you're coming into an environment which you know, has been very controlled, very hierarchically uh, managed and driven, yeah, you can't just say, take be bold, take risks. You've got to actually create examples You've got to pick up failures and talk quite openly about failures and particularly raise your own hand up. <laughs> and of course, Tunisia, through the transformation, I have had many moments where I had to raise up my hands and said, hey, I got this totally wrong. So I think owning up to failures is just the only way to really create more of that. And then I think, you know, the final thing, of course, for me is really about this collaboration point that you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I came into the company, I felt we were a bit closed and very competitive with partners like like even yourselves, you know. And and so one thing is really to to open ourselves to really, you know, build true partnerships that are meaningful and then and, and do that collaboration and, and sharing. So that that's also been a very important part of our learning, but also part of uh, how we have matured now as a company. So I've learned a lot uh, as we've been going through this transformation. Thank you so much, Sanjay, for sharing so openly, by the way. I just wanted to pick up on a couple of things. During the course of your transformation, what was maybe the most challenging part for you as the CEO? I know the job is hard and quite lonely. What was the most challenging part for you? And how did you address that? You know, as I said, when I came in, you know, we are... Um, we're a 50-plus-year-old German company with a lot of great heritage. And so the company uh, at that time was profitable but had not grown for eight years. And you and I know, look, you know, software companies that are not growing often get associated by our clients as a legacy. You know, so you, you're not innovating, you're not growing. And then it's very difficult to attract talent and, and bring talent. So these are kind of challenges that we were facing. And so... You know, for me, the transformation was just boiled down to very clear three things, really. One was, you know, modernizing our product portfolio. So when when we started, we were all on-prem technology. Now, great technology, customers really valued this, but everybody was shifting to the cloud and, and nobody was looking at us as innovative and helping them, you know, take that journey. So the, the first thing we did was really modernize our entire portfolio. And so we've now today, as you know, are totally cloud-native all cloud-native portfolio, highly competitive, well-ranked in cloud solutions. I think the second part really for us was we were clinging on to the old business model, which is the perpetual license model, because it was Mm -hmm. all upfront revenue recognition. And so everybody liked that upfront revenue. And so we had not taken the step to subscription in SaaS. And so literally, we were five years plus behind most of our competitors. So that was a difficult one to take a step, but we we were bold enough to do that. And today, as as you know, we are more than 93% of our product revenue is recurring um, subscription SaaS. And we started the journey, it was only about 20%. Oh, wow. And then I think the third thing really was how to bring the company back to growth. Now, <laughs> I have to say this has been really tough. And particularly because, you know, when you shift from perpetual license to subscription SaaS, you go through what's called 
swallowing the fish where your upfront revenues go down. So initially for a couple of years, our revenues went down. So which was very counterintuitive to, hey, are you going to grow the business? But actually now we can see the results coming through. You know, as our ARR is growing, like last year, we ended with 11% growth on our ARR and about 7% growth on revenue. So the growth starts coming now. It's not exactly where we want it, but, you know, we've started uh, rejuvenating uh, the company. So I think if you if you say what's what's been your biggest challenge, I would say I think the culture and change has been my biggest challenge and probably also, you know, one that um, I have struggled with in, in, in honesty because I thought we could achieve certain things in a certain period of time, but it always takes more time. And that's what I have also learned that um, there are no easy fixes to culture. Yes. And you've got to keep working on it. And, uh, you know, I think you, you start with sort of a group with some people that just want to change and are so excited and so energized. And there are those that are sitting on the wall and then there are those that are rowing backwards. And, and over a period of time, you, you get more people on board. And so I think today we are a totally different company. I would say a lot more people rowing for the change and want to, want to do things. But I don't think the cultural change journey is finished. We still have to keep working on it. So that would be something that has been difficult, challenging. But I, I feel really good about where we are as a company now, you know. Because obviously, when you're going from an on-prem to cloud on the one hand, when you're going from this perpetual license to a completely different way, a different business model, there's also just a whole uh, shift in terms of how the talent in the company needs to work, needs to learn, needs to deliver, right? What did you need to do around the talent skilling part of things? Yeah, that's a very good point, Tanunja, because, you know, obviously cloud and um, SaaS is a totally different way of working, really, a way of thinking. It's almost like you have to change the mindset of the company. You're thinking through, you know, how you serve your clients, how do you fulfill, how do you deploy, how do you implement how do they get the value out of your technology? So we've had to go through a lot of reskilling, just as you said. But I would say, you know, it's almost like one third, one third, one third. I had to literally bring in one third new leaders and new blood into, into the organization to bring some of that, you know, native cloud thinking, <laughs> that SaaS thinking, which we didn't have in-house. And then we we also found some great talent that was hidden. So being a very hierarchical run run organization, a lot of our talent was just trapped, you know, and not not being exposed. So through the initial discovery, we also found some great talent that we pulled up very quickly. But reskilling definitely has been a very important part of the whole thing. I really appreciate that, and I appreciate the work that we're doing together with with people like yourselves, actually, in in really improving the skills in the underserved and underrepresented communities. And I know, Sanjay, you're particularly passionate about this. So I, I did want to ask you about some of the things you're doing in Software AG, not only within the company, but to encourage more diversity and inclusion in the industry. There are so many pools of talent today that are underrepresented, as you say. And I think as leaders, we have to talk less, but open doors and create opportunities more. Yeah, i give you an example. In Software AG in, in India, we have, we have a big base in India, as you know. The, the talent there created a program called Software Again. So Software Again is basically about how to help mothers returning back into professionals. So they've all you know, either been developers or managers in, in software businesses but then now they've taken a break for a maternity break, gone, you know, have raised their kids, and now they come back. It's quite a quite a daunting, you know, experience. I recently was in India and sat on a table and spoke to fifteen mothers who had come back and come back into our organization or into other. 
and each one shared their experience and their stories. And it was such a great thing to hear how if you create the right environment and the right kind of support and build confidence, you know, this amazing talent pool can be tapped into. And, and the, these amazing talented people are more than happy then to come back and contribute and, and, you know, and lead. So I think, I think creating those opportunities is very important. We hope you're enjoying this discussion. To join the conversation and engage with other business leaders on these topics, follow us on LinkedIn at AWS Executive Connection. Let me move you on to a slightly different topic, if I may. I know that, you know, generative AI in particular has taken the world by storm. Now, you know, AI uh, broadly, of course, has been around for, you know, 20 plus years. And certainly we've been very, very much using AI uh, across Amazon for a long time. But the, the generative AI is a sort of new tipping point, right, in terms of the technology. I'd love to get your sense about, as a leader in this industry, and as you put generative AI at the heart of some of the propositions and improving operational efficiency, how are you thinking about this in terms of the impact it's going to have on your organization, on your customers' organizations? And what advice would you give you know people uh, and other CEOs as they embark on this next yeah wave of AI? I think any technology, I guess particularly one that has um, such a potential to change how industries operate, how we work, has to be an exciting opportunity, right? So um, you know one of the big things that I guess we talk in software AG is when we look at our customers and we look at the challenge that they face today, you know. Most of our customers, enterprise customers, they all have data that they're creating or have a lot of data, but it's all in silos. Um, they have very disparate or very distributed architectures. They've got stuff on on-prem, private cloud, public cloud, some on the edge. So the challenge really for all of these clients is, well, how do you access this data? How do you create some sort of frictionless movement of this data bring it into you know, a cloud data warehouse, whatever, and then give access to your business. And this, this we see as a major challenge for clients. And in fact, in some ways, you know, that's what we say is integration to be able to help our customers really turn data into value, create that. So, so now, of course, it's very exciting what Gen AI can and, and the benefits it can bring to that, right? So if you think about just basic terms, of course, Gen AI can automate integration using natural language, you know, we, without IT coding, make it really more accessible. It kind of stitches things together much more seamlessly from thinking through from applications, legacy mainframes, the cloud, mobile solutions, mm -hmm. kind of gives us true end-to-end -end hybrid integration. And, you know, that, of course, in turn optimizes performance. So I think the one way to look at it is like, AI-enabled enterprise platforms, they give us a single pane of glass mm -hmm. to look through across your organization, across your integrations, makes everything easier, whether you look at it from a visibility or from a governance or a compliance to unification, productivity. So we are, you know, the way we look at it is how do you do things without having to cobble together siloed integration approaches? You know, Gen AI can bring that together all these touch points and create an intuitive user experience. So yeah, so it's very exciting from that perspective. It um, what does it mean for advancing our products? But it's also you know in terms of how much easier it will make things for our clients. And I look at it 
all really about bringing agility and productivity to the whole piece. That's the way I look at it. I, I love how you describe it, honestly. Fantastic. One of the nicest ways I've heard it explained, I think, around simplicity, agility, accelerated pace. I'd love to uh, just want to pick up on one other aspect of some of the transformation that you've been driving, You know, particularly, for example, and again, back to Helix for a moment. I know that um, as you shift the business model, there's obviously going to be a shift in terms of, call it the way you go to market, the way your teams are interacting with customers, because obviously at the end of the day, customers are the heart of this uh, transformation. What have you been doing to enable your teams to be able to uh, be much more relevant to your customer base as you've driven this transformation, particularly maybe with the you know, industry slash use case um, uh, perspective in mind. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that's a very important one, Tanuja, because, you know, of course, it starts with the product. You you got to really think about, you know, what is the problem that you're solving? And do you have the right thing? Because the issue that can be that you you think up this amazing solution, you've got a great uh, rationalize, you in your mind, you rationalize it's the, it's the best thing that's possible. And then you go out there and you're trying to find mm-hmm. a problem to solve. So I think everything, you know, for us definitely starts from really thinking through the customer's lens. And I know you guys are role models to the way you do it. And so so we've been trying to build that kind of way of thinking in the organization, saying, hey, let's really nail down what is the problem we're trying to solve first. You know, and when I came into the organization, I found a lot of product conversations. So, you know, a lot of our people were going in asking a customer, hey, do you have an integration um, platform? Do you have an integration technology? Oh, yes, I've got X, Y, Z. Okay, the conversation comes to an end immediately. And so what's the next step? So we've been going through a big transformation to train our people to talk about customer problems. So think about it. Like if I came to you and said, hey, Tanuja, how do you handle your data? Where is your data today? You know, is it in silos? How are you moving it? What are you doing? What is so difficult? You might have a conversation with me. You might share with me some of your challenges. I'm not asking you, do you have an integration platform, right? I haven't asked you that question. So it's that building that solution and problem thinking in our people and and having them go and have those conversations. So that's been a big change in the go-to-market. That's one. Second thing is we have been systematically shifting away from generic kind of sales Mm -hmm. to more specialized Mm -hmm. people in the field. So, you know, we've also kind of learned that customers already know a lot about tech and they have got very savvy. So there's so much available digital. By the time you go and talk to your client, they really want to have a deep conversation. They're not interested in a generic conversation. So having your sales leads and your account execs be more savvy in tech conversations and be deeper, that's very important. So be more specialized in the space that you're you're talking about. And so that's the second one. And then, of course, the third one that has been a major transformation is comp. Mm-hmm. We've changed our compensation system to really go on um, land and expand, to really go on consumption rather than, hey, all upfront recognition, how can I bundle things into a big license, five-year license agreement, and then it sticks on the shelf and nobody uses it. So we've really made that shift around, you know, how do you how do you incentivize your your sellers and the comp chain? So I think those are kind of the things that we've had to had to really learn and change in the in the go to market. And some have moved really well. Some we're still working on. I like the dimensions you call out, right? Because it is a. I think that's by the way we are seeing this. I, I certainly see this, Sanjay, across many of our customers and partners. Is this 
real move towards working more closely with, call it the C-suite line of business leaders, really focusing on the use case before you apply technology, right? You've got to really start with what's the problem they're trying to solve, building more industry depth and more specialist depth to your point into their sales and technical teams. So I think the journey is exactly right, by the way, and I think it's going to be what we jointly need to do in order to be able to help our customers uh, get those really difficult workloads, right, onto the cloud and new ways of working, right? I think that's absolutely the right way to go. I'd love to dive in a little bit more into you and your leadership style, actually, if I may. i just really like to understand how you have evolved your leadership style, particularly in the role that you're in now. And, you know, what were maybe one or two tips and tricks that you might have you know, learned or, or been coached on in your career that has helped you be the leader you are today? You know, listening is so important, keeping yourself uh, constantly open and, and not just, you know, a one time. This is a constant exercise, constantly exposing yourself to uh, how your people feel. You know, I'm constantly, every time I go to a country and I'm sure you do the same, I'm doing roundtables. Uh, constantly trying to figure out. And, and these roundtables have no agenda. They're just kind of like, well, how are you feeling? What's on your mind? You know, let's have an open conversation. I have no no presentation to make. This is all about, let's just have a, let's just have a chat, but let's get a sense and temperature of the organization uh, where people are. So I think that one, that is one thing I would say is, has been very important. I think the other thing that's also been very important is, hey, if we have made a mistake, if I have made a mistake, then to acknowledge it, to accept it, and to then find the correct path. To do that quickly is also something that I've learned through the transformation. Because one can carry on and hold on to a thought and an idea for a long time. But in our culture, you know, we've been struggling to change that to, hey, fail fast, you know, and then move fast, learn fast. So that's also been a, a second thing, you know, just to, A, show it and role model it yourself, but also make sure that the organization starts accepting, hey, when we're doing a large transformation like this, we're not going to get everything right. There are things that will go wrong and we need to, we need to be agile enough and adapt and, and accept that, you know, things don't work and then move and find the right way. So that's kind of the second thing. I think to your part about what are the couple of things that I've learned, which, which I have been trying to work with is funny thing. I had a professor in college, you know, who, uh, who used to make us present our uh, business cases. And he sat at the back of the room, Tanuja, and he had a board and the board said SBW. Mm -hmm. So SBW stands for so bloody what? And so, <laughs> so while you were presenting, you know, he would constantly flash this SBW. And I think that got me to think, you know, you've got to always constantly ask the question, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why are you presenting this? What is the point you're trying to make? And, and so I, I keep doing that with myself and with my teams, you know, kind of say, hey, what, what is it that you're truly trying? Let's get to the bottom of it and keep pushing pretty hard. So that's one thing that I definitely have learned. And then I think the other one that uh, I've learned with working with uh, quite a few people is, is all about data. And I think that's so crucial, right? That in, in every meeting, in every conversation that you have, always bring people back to, hey, what are, what are the facts? What, what do we ground ourselves in? We'll all have gut feels, no doubt about it. But how do we ground ourselves and get a common base where we are trying to make a decision on the basis of data? So that's kind of the second thing that has stuck with me. Um, and then the final one, I think, really has to be around uh, people, which is, look, at the end of the day, people never remember, you know, 
what's happened, what you said, things like they'll always remember how you make them feel. Yeah. So I think just having some empathy, thinking through, even when you're making tough decisions and there are difficult messages to give, having a little bit of empathy to think, how are you treating people when you're giving difficult messages, making difficult decisions? I think that's quite important because uh, even if it is a difficult decision, people will definitely remember how they felt at that time. And they will think that it was fair and that you had and you had a certain amount of empathy. So I think those are the things I've, I've kind of learned along my way from people that I've interacted with. And, and I, I feel good about it. You know. Thank you, Sanjay. What a wonderful place to end the podcast. I really appreciate the openness. It's wonderful for our listeners when they listen to leaders being, you know, so transparent, so open, vulnerable, and sharing their own personal and professional journey. Thank you for taking the time. I know how busy you are. So, you know, taking the time to do this is super important. I really appreciate it very much. You know, thank you. Thank you, Tanja, so much for uh, for this opportunity. But also, I want to really thank you for the partnership and, and how we work together and also your team, your incredible team. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conversations with Leaders, brought to you by AWS Executive Insights and Tanuja Randery. For more on these topics, follow Tanuja on LinkedIn and visit aws.amazon.com slash executive insights. While there, be sure to learn more about AWS Exec Leaders, an invite-only global community for business and technology leaders.